I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast where a couple of friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Jessica? Yo. It's part two. It's part two, bitch. We're back. The... <laughs> yes, it is part two. The Lord of the Rings uh, retrospective that uh, concerning Middle Earth is what we're yes, calling it. Yes, concerning Middle Earth. And yes. we are going to wrap up the uh, trilogy today and kind of give our thoughts or, you know, what we're expecting to see in the new show. The reason why we're doing all this is because the Lord of the Rings Rings of Power is coming on Amazon Prime on September 2nd. And Jessica told me for months we needed to, you know, come down memory lane and rewatch every Lord of the Rings leading up to the new show. So we did it. We're here for the talk about Return of the King. This is a very good movie. <laughs> and I, it's I, also coincidentally um, Return of the Becky because Becky's here too again. Yes. Rebecca Furby is back. Hey. Hello. I'm back. Yes, you are. <laughs> I'm glad that you joined us once again uh, for this silly ride that we're on here. Thank you. I didn't uh, have a choice. <laughs> she did. She did. Don't let I mean, her You could have easily said no, or you could have just not been home, and then we would have been alone. So thank yeah. you mm-hmm. for sparing your time. We really appreciate it. She has it. so much of it right now. So now, if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. And if you do like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, five stars on both of them because five stars goes a long way for us. Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date in our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Always Critic Pod. And if you're a fan, please, please consider becoming a patron. It's such a great, it, it is such a great way for you to get involved and show your support. You can check out the page on patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. And thank you to our patrons, Janet and Curtis. Thank you so much for being on board with us. Now, today, let's go ahead and let's wrap up the trilogy. We are going to talk about Return of the King. This is a movie that was released in 2003. Jessica, what's this movie about? The IMDb synopsis reads, Gandalf and Aragorn lead the world of men against Sauron's army to draw his gaze from Frodo and Sam as they approach Mount Doom with the One Ring. Yes, this movie, once again, directed by Peter Jackson, written based on the novel by J.R.R. Tolkien. Uh, Fran Walsh, Philippa Bowens, and Peter Jackson are the writers on the movie. Jessica, let us know who's in this movie. Okay, so once again, we did cover everybody Pretty before, much. but here we go, just in case you're tuning in for the first time right now. It stars Ian McKellen, Elijah Wood, Sean Astin, Andy Serkis, Viggo Mortensen, Orlando Bloom, John Rhys-Davies, Dominic Monaghan, Sean Bean... Billy Boyd, Liv Tyler, Hugo Weaving, Kay Planchett, Christopher Lee, Ian Holm, Bernard Hill, Miranda Otto, Carl Urban, and David, well, not really, but yeah, David Wynum. Wynum. Yes, uh, so you could catch your breath after reading all those names there. Uh, music by Howard Shore once again, which, by the way, he is doing the music on the new show. Yes, well, he's doing the theme for The it. theme. Yeah. So that's cool. Uh, now. When it comes to the budget, $94 million was spent making this movie. It received $377 million domestically, $1.1 billion at the worldwide box office. It actually cracked a billion. It cracked a billion. Jessica, how was it received by audiences and by critics? So it currently sits in a 93% Rotten Tomato score and an 86% audience score. So this is like the Mm. lowest rated for the audience score. Yeah. And the critics' consensus reads, visually breathtaking and emotionally powerful, The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, is a moving and satisfying conclusion to a great trilogy. You're damn right it is. <laughs> I, I rewatched it today. I was uh, finishing it up. And my God, what what a great way to end oh, this wow. trilogy. Oh, wow. So you really love Return of the King. I think it's really good. Uh, I think it's not as good as Two Towers, but mm. it's still really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so why do you say it like that? That's uh, the way you no, said it I was like, oh, so you any... really like Return of the King. Because like the way it's you the, said okay. It. Sounds like she hates it. No, I don't hate it. Well, she doesn't I don't like hate sequels. It. I don't like sequels, but I don't hate this one. I am just saying it because in the first concerning Middle Earth episode, mm-hmm. you were like not very passionate about the movies like we are, obviously, because we have all this right. history with it. 
But in this case, you came in swinging. You were like, oh, damn, it's such a good uh, conclusion. I think it is. Well, you you said to watch it today. Yeah, I watched it today. It's fresh in my mind. So for me, like just coming out of it, and I just sometimes you forget after you haven't watched a movie in a while. Mm-hmm. Like you remember it being good, but then when you revisit it, it's like, like, damn, oh, this is really good. You felt good you know? about it after. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You do feel good about this movie after it's over. Yes. Yeah. After I, it's I, finally I, over, you feel real good. Right. We'll <laughs> talk about that because <laughs> this movie likes to let us think it's ending. Psych- I mean, you honestly, it's we can talk. We out. can talk about it now. Honestly. Let's do it. The false endings. The false. That's like three or four false endings. I want to say three. Yes. Uh, at least. At least. The sensation of being in the theater while these endings were, were happening taking place was the worst thing ever <laughs> i mean we love the movies right like we grew right. up on them and this is like a culmination like we're finally here like the return of the king i freaking had the movie poster for this and i like don't have movie posters like that's not a thing that's for not me. a thing for you the first ending happens everyone has to go to the bathroom everyone is bursting at the seams because it's been like over three hours and we're dying to use the restroom the false endings keep happening. And like the way that people would get up and start to get out. Or the start theater, clapping. Oh, no. Start clapping at the end of the thing and then oh, boom, no. it would come back on. I was, I mean, unforgettable. Yeah. That's really funny to me, actually. Um, <laughs> it was funny. Be- yeah, because I, I kind of remember the experience and remember thinking the first time I watched it, it's like, okay, so this is where it ends. Mm-hmm. And then no. Like, I remember, like, just to talk about the movie, uh, when Aragorn is, like, you bow to no one. And then, like, everybody bows oh, yeah. to the to the hobbits. And then you think, oh, <laughs> That's great, way to, great way to end it. Right there. Right, right. And then, like, as you're about to get up, it's like, oh, wait, there's more. Oh, shit. <laughs> Gotta sit back down. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, it, it's it's so weird that there's, like, it makes you feel good and thinking that it's over. And then they decide, no, let's tack on a little bit more at the end. <laughs> more epilogue. And, and let's do it again. Uh, it's over. Nope. No, no. We still got a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It's it's really weird how they do that. Uh, okay. So this movie, something that really, obviously the second one is really known for the Battle of Helm's Deep. But this one really feels like it's m- almost mostly action for the most part. There's like a good chunk of -hmm. this movie. It almost feels like there's more action in this one than there is in part two. Mm -hmm. And part two is kind of known as like the battle Uh uh, one. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys feel the same way or not. I think so. And only because when we had to split this up in like two nights because it's like maybe like four and a half hours. We're watching the extended edition. so So we split it up and I think we stopped exactly halfway and this was the, funny the battle thing. of Minas Tirith had already started. So we're like, oh, my God. And this is the big battle. battle. And it's already started and we're we're only halfway through. Mm-hmm. So it it did feel like, oh, oh, we, we still have a lot left. Right. And it's it does. Still, feel and we way. know that it is still just like action, 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 more killings. So, yeah. Yeah. More killings. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not the only battle because they go from Minas all the way to the Black Gate. And there's another battle there, so like so it's almost never ending. Mm-hmm. Um, so where do you guys want to kind of start about the movie? Do you want to hit some fun facts? Do I you say we talk start about... right in the beginning. Okay, go <laughs> go. Yeah, because we get that extended flash. Oh wait, back is that sequence? not a yes. normal one? No, no this said... is in the theatrical. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 the yeah, theatrical, okay, the Smeagol. Yes, you know, Smeagol prologue. to Gollum. Mm-hmm. I think when I was younger. I never wanted to watch this one because that whole sequence scared the shit out of me. Ah. And I hated seeing him like transform and like lose all his teeth and his hair and then his eyes grow like mm-hmm. four times the normal size. Um, and it is kind of terrifying. And I still don't like watching the beginning of the movie. I do. I like it. It's proper disturbing. <laughs> Okay. It's properly I mean, it, it, it's a good way to really get like let us understand how this character became oh, what absolutely. he became. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. It's totally great. It I does, like that. Um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say it is a little like 
disturbing. It's and, off-putting. Yes, it is off-putting. Because Especially in the when beginning he bites of, into the fish. Yes. And, and because in the beginning of Two Towers, you get like, you return to the Bridge of Cause of Doom and you get like the extended sequence with Gandalf and the Balrog. But in this case, we go way back. Like they don't even, right. no, no uh, warning. <laughs> like we're just catapulted back into the past with two seemingly, like they look like hobbits, but they're not. And they find the ring and you... It like instantly corrupts Gollum or Smeagol. Instantly. What I like about it is that you actually see, um, what's his face? Andy Circus. Andy Circus is actually in costume, and he's Smeagol. And I think that's kind of like a really great thing because in looking at the behind the scenes stuff for Gollum in particular, yeah, they really. I mean, they didn't treat. The actors and people on set like didn't know what to do with Andy Circus and what he was doing on set and like the reference material that he was providing to the animators and stuff. And I I think that when he's finally in costume as Smeagol in the third movie, it's like kind of a breath of fresh air and very validating for Andy Circus because he's finally like on screen as Smeagol in Gollum. It it gives us a way of kind of like at least understanding like and being able to relate to oh he was he was real he was real he was yeah. a real person and then he turned into this you know disfigured monster you know which speaking of disfigured monster we had an extended conversation <laughs> between okay. the both of us and I told Bex we have to talk about this on the podcast no, because it was so don't. stupid so. <laughs> first of all a little background context they had to redesign Gollum in his in his entirety when they got Andy Serkis and all of his reference footage and he was tremendous on set and he was a great energy and all this stuff and they're like okay well if we're gonna have him I think that Gollum should look kind of like Andy Serkis so they had to redesign him that being said we were wondering while watching Two, two Towers like does Gollum have a BB? <laughs> this was like a serious question that we, I don't, I think it was me. I posed it. And Becky was like, what the hell? Like, where is this coming from? And I was like, look, they animated him to perfection, right? It's a great like piece of CGI that we still have 20 years later. Like Gollum looks pretty fantastic. However, the loincloth that he's really wearing, small. real small. Like, what's he's going on under there? Flailing around a lot. And Strategic. We don't see anything. So I said, we were wondering, like, does he even have one? Did it like get like, like reduced? Does it got a micro peen under there? Like all these questions. The question was answered while we were watching the behind the scenes footage again, because again we have the extended editions. We have all these discs with all of this extra footage they did like a full scale clay model of, of Gollum that oh, they no. showed for two seconds and he had something <laughs> he had a penis no balls but a penis and we were like screaming because it was like again like two seconds and then they like cut oh, away man. and we were like ah! <laughs> It completely sent us. It sent us. And I wanted to bring it here to the podcast and into an open forum and like, Rico, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I I had no idea this is where we would go. It never crossed your mind? It never crossed my mind. <laughs> what? Never. No. I wasn't thinking. I wasn't sitting watching the movie. And it's like, you know, I wonder if he has a penis. Like no, never did it cross my mind. Hmm. Never. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know what this says just about us. us. Then. Yeah. I, you know what this reminds me of though? Um this reminds me of guest of the podcast, Jake Christie. Yeah. Uh, he on his podcast, the Marvel Cinematic University podcast, he has multiple times brought up uh whether or not Vision has a penis. Mm-hmm. And if he does, why? 
because <laughs> she's a robot. <laughs> and so, and he's gone into full conversations about it. So, like, right. it, I always laugh when that conversation comes up. So that's what this reminded me of at this at this moment. Okay, but I feel, um, feel like ours is more valid than like does a robot. Oh yeah, of course. Because it's a real creature. Like he was part of the river folk, and you see like an actual person. Andy Serkis is playing him now in this flashback sequence at the beginning of Return of the King, and so it stands to reason that he does have one. But I guess the effects of the ring. Uh, I don't know. Are we having the Constanza situation because no. of the ring? I think they the animators chose to, yes to nothing leave it out. Yeah, yeah. No, I no, think they or did. not leave it out. What? <laughs> or it, it's there just under the loincloth somehow. Uh, I and then I, I suggested, and this is even worse. No, I was like, do "What you, are you saying?" I said, "Do you think there's like a pocket?" Or something <laughs> on the other side of the loincloth that he just like tucks it in, and like it was. Uh, I guess it was a low point. Just, just stop. Talking. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I swear. <laughs> I, right, I told her so. not to go into this, and she insisted. <laughs> You're like speechless, Rico. You have nothing to say right now. Like you got nothing to say. So speaking to. of CGI. Uh, okay, apparently, uh, they use the computer program Massive <laughs> so to make the CGI orcs, the elves, the humans, because you can't get that many people on screen, like, yeah. for real. Mm. Um, I remember one time back in the day, um, you know the movie The Ten Commandments um, with Charlton Heston? Yes. Yes. So uh, <laughs> apparently they said, and this is before, like, CGI stuff, that that would have been the most expensive movie to make mm. if it was remade the same way. Because of all the people that they used in the movie. Uh, Thank goodness for technology, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't have to hire that many people. Um, Now, one thing that kind of slipped my mind, and and I I, obviously I remembered it, but I don't remember it being as prevalent, was when uh, Gollum leads them into the tunnel, into the cave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it kind of like took me back. I was like, "Oh shit, I forgot about this for a yeah, second Yeah, Shelob's lair. Oh my god, you forgot it's about the creepy spider? as hell. It's creepy as hell. It's terrible. It's terrible. Okay, so it's we horrifying. had thoughts about this too because Frodo is a dumbass. <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> because he sees this lair pretty much almost right away. He's like, "Something's up. Bad vibes. Let me keep going." And he <laughs> says out loud, "What is that smell?" Yeah, that's like the first thing he says. And uh, what, is, what does Colin say? He's like, orcs, uh, orcs is filth. Um, yeah. Filth, yeah. Orcs filth. And I thought, I always thought orcs is filth, meaning orcs just pass through here. So it stinks because they don't, oh. they're disgusting. Nope. But no, in this round, I was like, oh, do orcs just take shits in Shelob's lair? And that's why Pretty he says much. orcs is filth? Yeah. Right? What? Yeah. I, I talked to you about this. Yeah, it's I thought orcs it was filth. Like it's... also like dead orcs no she probably eat some no maybe she does but I, I no think there was I, a little more active yeah like, it's like it is filled with orcs filth yeah it, it's that's a really dangerous porta potty well maybe it's like a drainage like it drains out oh into... that sucks for she love well, yeah, it sounds awful. <laughs> sounds awful. Anyway, her. okay, so we're or on the him. same page then, Rico, about it being like yeah. orc shit. Okay. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it it definitely is. When when anybody in like middle ages describes like someone's filth, it's like they're describing their okay. crap. Okay. So after this, he proceeds to enter the lair. Yeah. <laughs> <stupid>. <laughs> Which is the stupidest. He even thing. says out loud, "I don't want to go in." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, like, either you go in or you have to turn back. I can't turn back. What and then mean? he walks in. What it's do you like, mean you can't turn back? Yes, you yes, can. Yes, you can. There's you another can. road. You guys yeah. have been talking about different ways to get to Mordor. This is not the only way. Right. <laughs> but no. Let me walk right into the trap. <laughs> and then, like, I, I always thought, like, okay, he can take a couple steps in, whatever. He was checking it out, looking at He's like, the walls are sticky. I don't know what this is. But then he just keeps going. Keeps going. Like, going. just turn back around. You can see the light from the end of the cave on the other yes. side. Mm-hmm. Just go back. 
but yeah. no, go he back, decides no. to Does he get back? himself no, stuck in a web. Dumbass. Disgusting. <laughs> and um, bitten. Yes. Now, Peter Jackson is definitely afraid of spiders. He has arachnophobia, so he based G-Lob's design on like an orb weaver, orb weaver spider Perfect. from New Zealand. Yeah, yeah no, oh, it, it's scary as hell. Yeah, no, it's scary. And then the pincers, like everything about it just looks awful. <laughs> like he did a, I think it was a good move. So I have a little bit of, well, I guess it's a take. Um, I think between the four hobbits. Okay. I think Frodo is the most passive in the story, mm. even though he's the okay. be- bearer of the ring. Mm-hmm. I think um, Sam is more brave and, yeah. you know, more willing to do stuff. Right. Um, Mary, like, can like understands as Pippin yeah. can sometimes be an idiot and can really like try to rein him in. But even Pippin, it like shows more like bravery. Am I, am I wrong in saying that Frodo is a little bit like kind of like the, the lesser of all four? Well, <laughs> I don't know if I want to say lesser, but I, I don't, but yeah, sort of. Yeah, no, I guess I do agree. I think I'd like to think it's because he was really bogged down by that ring. Right. And that's why he was like that. I do think he has a lot of heart. But then you see, you know, at the end, he still is like, mm, I think I'm going to keep it anyway. That's the thing about this. The biggest conceit of this movie is that you have Frodo who's like, I'll take the ring and really kind of courageous and it's really righteous. Yeah. Fights off Boromir and all this stuff. And then. In the last minute of the movie, not last minute, but, you know, third act of the movie, he keeps the ring. He's like, it's mine. It's mine. Yeah. My precious. Puts it on. And, like, that's where the movie had ended. Had it not been for Gollum. Yeah. If it not for, yeah, that, exactly. that. So, <laughs> in the end, he was no better. He got corrupted. Yeah. Yeah, he was no better than anyone else who would have probably taken the ring there. You know, do you believe that Sam Wise could have done it? Could have taken the ring by himself? Yeah, by himself. I think just for sanity's sake, there needed to be two. I think so, too. (laughs) I think so. Because, yeah, yeah, maybe physically he could have done it. But I think like they both were going like they were both a little bit out of it. Yeah, by the end. I think they needed each other. They did. They did. How do you feel about some people who I would say back then and even now kind of ship Sam and Frodo together? I can see why people ship them together. Me too. I could see it. Um, so I don't I don't have anything against it just because the way they kind of, you know, interact with one yes. another and everything like that. It's it's a very loving relationship between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And but you can read a little bit more. Absolutely. Between the lines on it, the way like Sam is willing to sacrifice himself for Frodo. And it's not something that you see like commonly between like two people who are just friends. Like, sure, mm-hmm. friends will make sacrifices for each other. But like he's like above and beyond. Like he really cares for Frodo. I think their dynamic, especially like the way that they are speaking to each other, like Frodo is very like, my Sam, oh, Sam. I'm very like almost feminine in the way that he speaks and like, well, not feminine, but just stereotypically just softer and more feminine. And then Sam is more rough around the edges and he's constantly protecting Frodo. And like that sort of dynamic plays into people thinking, oh, they're a couple. Right. You can read into it if you want to. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, I think I do not... more now than I did when, 20 years ago. So what sure. I thought was funny this time around when we watched it is that the whole time Frodo's like, Sam, 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 Sam. And the whole time Sam says, Mr. Frodo. Everything is <laughs> Mr. Frodo. Mr. Yeah. Frodo. At, like they were maybe a handful of times where he just called him Frodo. It was yes. always very like mm-hmm. um, respectful, respectful, a little bit more like. Not, I don't want to say proper, but just more um, formal, almost. Yeah, more between of a Sam way. and Frodo. I'm like, just because he's your gardener doesn't mean he needs to call you Mister Frodo. Mm-hmm. And I know that they, I don't know what Sam's age is supposed to be 
in the books. I know Frodo's like in his 40s. Well, they've right? made everyone younger. Well, I know. So I just don't know if like, I don't know if it goes back to that. If in the books, oh, right. Sam is older. a lot younger right. than Frodo. I don't know. But I just thought it was funny how he would kind of more formally talk yeah. to him. It was definitely a sign of respect of that he is under the, I guess, he was entrusted with Frodo, but it more as a protector. But he's, he sees how valuable Frodo is and the fact that he works for him as a gardener and everything. So there's like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that relationship, I think, that Sam still is very aware of in his own right. Uh, so let's let's go back in the movie because <laughs> there's so many other characters to talk about. So let's, let's go ahead and let's talk um, a little bit of Aragorn. Let's talk a little Abu. bit about... Yeah. <laughs> Love him. I think... Aragorn's great. <laughs> Go. Well, no, I was just going to say is that like I've, as I've gotten older and I've matured, like I've realized as a sign of maturity, it's like going from being a Legolas girly to an Aragorn girly because mm. now mm. I'll watch the movie. I don't even look at Legolas. Mm-hmm. I'm just staring at Aragorn's like damn filthy face. Um, it's doing things. And, you know, he looks great. <laughs> and I really hate it when they clean him up. But that's ah. okay. They got to so, do it at some point. We have this theory. Okay. That's just not a theory. It's not a theory. You like the rough... It like, can be anybody. Anybody. In the trenches. It, so I think the prime example is like Sam... What's his face? What from mean? Outlander. Oh, yeah. Like Sam Hewen from Outlander. Ham. Ham. <laughs> <laughs> no. Sam the guy, Just the guy from Outlander. The guy from Outlander. When you clean Looks him up... great. Well, he looks no. very cleaned up, but in the fine. show, in the show, he looks best when, when he's, he's grimy and sweaty. You're just like, yes, there's something about it, and the same goes same for Aragorn. Aragorn. Got it, Vigo. What did, what did you want to talk about <laughs> as so, far as Aragorn? <laughs> so I I do like the the arc that he's been on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. through the series of like mm-hmm. accepting you know, casting his aside. role, right? His accepting his role, he is the heir. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's been running from it, you know, and finally he he accepts it. I, I love like that arc. And at the same time, his like, you know, flirtations with Elwin, where <laughs> you're like, you feel for her, too, because yeah. it's like There's you like there. this guy. But that guy is committed to someone else, man. And I am sorry for you, Elwin, because that sucks. Because yeah, like Ellen she got the is, short end of the stick there, because she she is so in love with she him. She didn't even know she was third wheeling it. No, that's the worst part. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, there's there's the moment where Aragorn is going to leave the camp, go into the mountains mm-hmm. to go uh, seek the army of the dead, is what I'm calling them, mm-hmm. and the in it, the exchange that he has with Elwin. And what he says to her was like, oof, that that just hurts. I'm trying to find the. Ex- oh, OK, here we go. So she's saying, uh, like, where are you going? Don't leave, you know. And he asks her, why have you come? And she says, do you not know? Mm-hmm. So and then he responds, it is but a shadow and a thought that you love. I cannot give you what you seek. Yeah. A shadow oh, and a thought. It means I, you love the th- thought of me. I wish yep. um, he would have told her that before. Yeah. They rode for six days or whatever it was. Yeah. To get there. Because um, it Oof. is a little bit. It hurts. That's terrible. Oof. Bro, that is, that's a painful line. <laughs> that's a painful poetic rejection. I will say he said it very kindly. Oh, sure. But Damn. Doesn't take away this thing. It's no. a shadow and a thought that you love. Yeah, it is awful. Uh, but <laughs> I do like. Then why'd him. you eat my soup? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that's extended edition. That's Sorry. the extended edition. So I do when he goes into the mountains to face the army of the dead and yeah. mm-hmm. seek them. 
Mm-hmm. And when he pulls out the sword, mm-hmm. like to, and he blocks the That line the swing. was ended, and he says, it has been remade. remade. Loved it. Yeah. Love that moment. So good. Having, getting them to rally the troops. Fantastic. Love a good rally the troops moment. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. All right. Uh, what are some other favorite moments in the movie for you guys? Okay, Denethor eating. <laughs> no, that's nobody's favorite moment. Okay, it's not a favorite, but it's definitely memorable. Like can't, and the, the it has, it has like taken the, on the a, grape tomato. It has oh taken on a life of its own. And the chicken. What else? And is Pippin he? singing in the bath in yeah, the background. <laughs> Meanwhile, Faramir's getting slaughtered. Yeah, it's a lot going on. It is the relationship between Denethor and Faramir is heartbreaking. Yeah, it is. And Aww. I don't know how they did that in the span of time that they did it within this movie with so many other moving parts. But you just feel so bad for Faramir, and you understand his character so much better because you only see a little bit of him in Two Towers, and they do play up the the whole Faramir versus Boromir, and there's some sort of issue between Faramir and the dad. Yes. But you don't, I mean, you get more of it in the extended edition, absolutely. But in this version, with Return of the King, I should say, like, he's actively asking him, like, should I have died instead of Boromir? And he's like, yeah, you should have died. (laughs) Yeah, I lost the wrong son or whatever. Like, that's a horrendous thing to say. And then the response from Faramir after that, he says, since you were robbed of Boromir... I will do what I can in his stead. And then as he turns to leave, he says, if I should return, think better of me, father. Yeah. And then the father comes back like an asshole. That will depend on the matter of your return. Yeah. So That is. Yeah. That- but he didn't know what he was saying because when they thought Faramir was dead. He flew into a like He oh. went nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Just that- like... Theoden. Well, well, I was like both kings in the second and third movies here. They are like out of their their minds. Yeah, well, during Denethor the film, is not a king. Theod- but... you know what I mean. Theoden, <laughs> he comes back, and now in this movie, he does redeem himself. Real level headed. Yes, but Denethor, he's he, he's a mess. He's a whole hot mess. Pouring <laughs> oil all over the himself. oil scene, where he's like pour, pouring oil, oil on Faramir. Faramir is flinching down there. <laughs> we'll burn like the kings of old. Like, bitch, your son is fucking like actively wincing. Yes, on the like yeah. you can see, he's not dead. He's not yeah. dead. <laughs> no, but he's just like carry on. He lost his marbles. This is where yes, Pippin comes in. Yeah, Pippin comes in. Yes. My favorite part is that like Gandalf is like, we need you to light the beacons. Mm. And he oh, sends okay. Pippin to do it. So Pippin, yes. cli- it takes climbs him all morning, <laughs> climbs up this mountain, like free solos it, mm-hmm. lights the beacon, and then climbs all the way back down without Pippin. anybody knowing. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Until Aragorn sees it. Gandalf calls her eight. Yes. <laughs> we didn't talk about this in Two Towers, but the the part where Theoden goes like, "Where was Gondol when the West <laughs> fell?" <laughs> That's a favorite part now, especially because it's taken on a whole new life on the internet and stuff with people making memes and oh yeah, you know, cutting in that part on videos and stuff on TikTok and whatnot. Like it's wonderful. That's something that we we haven't really ever talked about so far with these movies is how many different memes have come out from yeah. Lord of the Rings. There's like, the I think, Boromir one. I like that. Yeah, one. I think one that's does the most not famous. Simply. Yeah, the one yeah. I think that's the most mean. famous one. Is one does not simply. Uh, what are some other ones that like? I think you could think of. I think. Well, I think like my precious and just one ring and all that yeah. stuff has definitely or it's seeped done. into. When when oh, he done. says it's done, <laughs> yeah. like and it's like the worst task you ever had to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. There's there's a few, quite a few memes for sure. Uh, all right. Let's see. Um, but speaking of, I, I started talking about the song. So the yeah. song Billy Boyd uh, created that song. He really? composed the tune. Yeah. Nice. And Vigo did the same thing for his song. He composed the tune. That is really cool. So, mm-hmm. 
Uh, it looks like for I guess for Vigo Mortensen's when he the song he sings at his coronation you're yeah. talking about right mm-hmm. yeah so the translation of the elvish words runs out of the great sea to middle earth i am come in this place i will abide and my heirs unto the ending of the world i mean that's I get man. chills not gonna lie that is a man who has accepted who he is <laughs> <laughs> all right so we obviously have the big battle at minute Man, I always mess up the the phrasing. There we go. Um, Is there anything that sticks out there? I know like some fun moments are like Legolas and Gimli just counting off how many kills they're getting as they go along. Yeah, continuation of the Helm's Deep Yep, uh, continuation. That's I do like the design of Minas Tirith because it's like set into the mountainside and there's tiers, right? Like a cake. Different levels. Yes. And what's cool is that, like, if one level or whatever is taken, they just back up and fortify the next level, yeah. the entrance to the next level. And I'm like, that's so cool. And that's kind of how they basically lasted so long until the reinforcements got there from Rohan. Yeah. It's a really cool design. I just love that design. I really do. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Um, I really like the the way the battle kind of carries on and... There's moments of hope. So, like, when, you know, when Rohan shows up uh, to, like, lead the charge and they, like, start mowing down orcs with their horses and stuff, it's like, yes, the cavalry is here. And, yeah, but like, then they get to fight, but, like, with the Oliphants or whatever. Yes. And the then it's like, oh, come, no, yeah. crap. Like, like I love, like, that ebb and flow of, of that battle mm-hmm. where at first you think, Oh, we have no chance. Then Rohan shows up. Hope is there. Then it goes back down. And then the army of the dead with Aragorn leading the way. Like so many like ups and downs, ebbs and flows. I like like that flow. I I don't like when it's just dread, dread, dread. And then finally at the last second, oh, Deuce Makinaga, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So so I do like that. That was that was really cool for me at least. Um, so there's that battle. And then we have the other battle. That's the one at the black gate. I don't even really count that as a battle. Yeah. I it's mean, kind of yes, hard to count fight, And Aragorn, I don't know if it's, what is it? Like a troll or something that's kind of coming after him. So oh, you're yeah. kind of like, Ooh, yes. is he going to die? Uh-huh. But I don't think, I don't really count it as a battle. It's just a big distraction, but I do like the big toothy guy. But that that's only in to. the extended edition. What? Right. You don't you don't remember Big Toothy Man? Big Toothy Man? No. At the gates? The voice of no. Sauron. Oh, we'll send you a picture. No. Holy shit. Have you never seen this dude? I don't no. think so. So when they first co- Oh my gosh, but he says a lot. He does. Well, when they first get to the gates, they basically know, the gates, knock on the gate. Yeah, the gates open. Um a guy comes out on a horse and he he has his helmet on. You don't see his eyes, but it's just a giant mouth. Teeth. <laughs> Like huge teeth. Really? And he talks to them and he taunts them and he says, Listen, you're a hobbit. We got your hobbit. Here's his what is it called? He throws the mithril. Oh yeah. Uh, he's chain. like, right. We got his shirt and you know, there's no hope, all this stuff. And so like he kind of brings them down. Yeah. And then he they tries go to back. like break up their morale. Yeah. Wow. Nothing. So even none of close. that happens. And no. ultimately Aragorn like chops oh, off yeah, the he guy's head and it's like, I don't believe anything that he said. Like we're going to war. Like we're basically gonna we're outnumbered, but it doesn't matter. We're gonna do it. So the version, theatrical version that I saw, uh, they get to the gate, they ask you know, they like call for it to be opened. It gets opened and they see the tons of orcs oh, yeah, and they just start giant. going back. There's so much missing there. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's you gotta watch. Just watch different. that like one scene. It's 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 probably on the internet or on YouTube. Or yeah, something. or um, on HBO Max. But it it's, is yes, it's good and it's just an interesting uh, probably just character fast forward three <laughs> because hours. they like made this dude for the movie, I think. And um, I mean, it's interesting design as well because it, yeah. it looks like the mouth is like bleeding from mm. inside or something. So it's got that yeah. look about it. But it's like black. But it's black and ew, it's gross. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So 
Something else to look forward to yes. when I eventually watch the extended editions of these <laughs> Try movies. Try to look them up. Tooth Man. You can't Tooth Man. You're looking up Tooth Man from Return of the King. Yeah. <laughs> Googling Tooth Man Return Literally. of the King. Okay. I don't All like right. how in that sequence, though, the formation they form like a giant circle and then the armies of mordor come all around them like a little target it looks exactly like the target logo i never put that you never put two and two together i didn't put that together. even when i was watching it in the theater i was like oh target the target logo so you know what it was reminding me of and this is probably just you know me is it reminded me of what happened in game of thrones uh, there's an episode, The Battle of the Bastards, where Jon Snow has his crew and they make the mistake. They said it earlier on. We can't let them flank us. And what did they do? They march in and they get flanked. And so basically it's like a half circle almost. They almost do the full circle, but like they just have like a one tiny opening. So it kind of reminded me of that. Like, And they like do the aerial shot and everything. So you see them surrounded just the same exact way. Obviously, more people would do it the other way. It's like, oh, that's how Lord of the Rings did it. Yeah, so. But it was just off the top of my head. Um, I kind of want to draw attention to the, the Tower of Baradur because Let's do it. it's 2003, mm-hmm. two years after 9-11. So they oh. had to think about how this tower was going to come down. That's true. And they tried to not make it resemble anything like the World Trade Center. Um, so it disintegrates from like the ground up and mm-hmm. the sound of it was made from breaking glass so that it didn't sound at all anything like an actual building uh, coming down. I, I noticed that when I heard it, mm-hmm. it does sound like glass breaking, mm-hmm. not like a like a structure. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you kind of forget that because it's been already 21 years now mm-hmm. since that happened. But. Yeah, like there was like a sensitivity of not mm-hmm. reminding people right. about that. Right. Crazy. I, yeah. Yeah. One thing that I found was crazy too was that Frodo and Sam are actually climbing on a volcano. For real? Like real life? For real. Yeah, a real life oh, volcano. Wow. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> when I read that, I was like, that can't be because there is so much CGI in the movie. In this right, movie in particular. Yes, there is. Um, but this, I mean, they were there. And then the wires were removed digitally. Nice. Because, okay. You know, obviously I mean, they weren't just free cool soloing thing. this volcano. Well, no. Can you imagine? <laughs> I did have a question uh, because you have seen the extended edition. Oh, yeah. I have sure. not. Uh, Saruman. Mm-hmm. Is he in the extended edition? He oh. is. Wait. So he's not in the, the theatrical one at all? No, they mention oh him. Oh my god! They mention him, <laughs> so, but that's it. He so doesn't here's, show up. Here's the tea. <clears throat> so our everybody, basically everybody that won the Battle of Helm's Deep, they walk through Fangorn Forest. They end mm-hmm. up on the other side on Saruman's land. Yeah. They find the hobbits smoking and yep. enjoying their time. That I saw. Okay, so then they approach the the tower because the they're like, we got a wizard locked up here. We don't know what to do with him. So right. they approach the tower, and somehow this is truly movie magic because the tower <laughs> is like, stories I don't even know how many high. stories tall, and they're just kind of like speaking in like loud indoor voices, and they can hear each other just fine from the ground to the roof because he's on the roof. Okay. Um, but Saruman's on the roof, and they're trying to convince him to come down. Like, listen, it's over. You can come down. You can like be the wizard you were supposed to be. Gandalf is trying to to convince him to to come down. He's like, no. Um, and then Wormtongue is also on the roof with him, and Theoden is there, and he's saying, hey, Wormtongue, like, no hard feelings. You can come down too. And Saruman's basically <laughs> like. <laughs> Um, you can't have him. He's terrible and he'll stay terrible and whatever. Yeah, he's basically like he puts Wormtongue down. So Wormtongue takes a knife and stabs Saruman in the back. And then he has this epic 
fall and flip falls from the tower. down from the tower, ends up impaled on a spike on the ground. And then his body, um, it's like on a wheel. What are those called? Oh, yeah, like a water wheel. Oh, my God. What are those called? Yes. Do you know what we mean? I know what you mean. Um, you find them on the side oh, of like little. Oh, um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't know the name of it. Crap. Either way, he's he's impaled on one and it starts spinning. So his body goes under the water. Okay. He had that. What is it? The, uh, the palandir? palandir? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He had the palandir in his sleeve, up his sleeve Which somewhere. is that like orb. Right. And that falls out of his sleeve. And then that's when Pippin takes it and he oh. he picks it up. That's when it comes into the possession of this of and the fellowship. And if I remember correctly from like years ago of watching the, the special features is Christopher Lee. Um, <laughs> well, Peter Jackson was trying to direct Christopher Lee and how to die. <laughs> and Christopher Lee was like, I've been on Battlefield, son. Like, I know how it sounds when a man gets stabbed in the back. And so he insisted on doing it his own way, and that's how they ended up doing it in the movie. And then so. it was cut entirely out of the theatrical Fantastic. version. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Because so yeah, Saruman is he's in the he's in the beginning. It's in the very beginning. Yeah, he's not there. They yeah, reference him. They mm-hmm. they um so you see Pippin and Mary smoking and eating. Then they walking to the tower and then uh longbeard is the yeah, tree beard tree beard so tree beard is there and it's like hey i'm good with stones and everything else but there's a wizard up there yeah that's and then gandalf just says yeah he's he has no more power like he's, uh. he's done for and then in the water pippin sees Oh yeah. my god! They cut and he the just whole picks thing. it up, yeah. and he gives it to Gandalf because he starts looking at it. Yeah, and yeah. Gandalf's like, "Give it to me." It yeah. fell out of Saruman's robe. He had it up his sleeve, and as he was like rotated on his little pike, it falls nope, out of his sleeve. Not it was pretty brutal. Like you can see, they show the whole thing when he gets impaled. Yeah, so I I believe you said at the beginning of this of this that Christopher Lee is in this movie in the theatrical cut. He is not. Damn. <laughs> he is not in that movie. That's so, rude. So I just wanted to see the difference between theatrical That's why and you extended. need to watch the extended edition. There's really a lot that you're missing. Oh, I bet. I bet. There's like more just to really make this story even bigger. Uh so let's kind of get to like wrapping up this one because we still have a little bit to talk about outside of Return mm-hmm. of the King. I wanted to mention this movie is one of the few movies to ever sweep at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I know that as a franchise, it has the most it's the most nominated film franchise in Academy Award history. Mm-hmm. Uh, 30 nominations. It surpassed yeah. the Godfather trilogy, which 20, that had 29 and the Star Wars film franchise that had 21. Now, this particular movie in itself uh, swept. It won all 11 awards that it was nominated for. Wow. Uh, just to run through them real quick. Visual effects, sound mixing, original song, original score, makeup, film editing, costume design, art direction, wow. adapted screenplay, director, and, of course, best picture. Wow. A lot of people said this was kind of like a way to make up, to make up for – not giving them best picture the year before with the two towers uh, because a lot of people said that that should have won best picture mm-hmm. in the year that it was up. I can't remember who it was up against, but I mean, it's kind of hard to deny that this movie is just these movies are so great that they mm-hmm. do deserve the recognition that they did get in 2003. All right. Uh, any uh any other favorite lines? I know I've mentioned a couple of mine. Like I, I mentioned the Aragorn one. I did mention uh, the – what was the other one? Was it also Aragorn as well? I think it was, oh, yeah. I think one was Gandalf. You mentioned a Gandalf one earlier. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. So I came prepared this time because I was yes. unprepared last time. <laughs> and like I said, these are very short. I think my favorites from these um, – this movie in particular quotes are – concise 
Yes. So I'll say one, and you kind of mentioned it earlier, which is at the very end when Aragorn is crowned and he goes and they talks, he talks to the uh, hobbits and they start bowing. My and friends, he says, my friends, you, you bow, bow to, to no, no one. one. It's like I start, I literally start tearing up because they are like so... Um, instrumental well yeah and they're just they don't know what to do with and themselves they're, they're, they're just so standing humble. there yeah they're like i don't even know what to do they're simple folk yes and that's this they grand are. event and then something we haven't talked about one of the other excellent lines is from eowyn when she <gasps> slays we didn't talk about this no. scene at all and yes, she says I, he, well he said she, he says no man can kill me yeah. you know like basically i'm gonna kill you and she says i am no man and slays him oh my god and his dragon or whatever you want to call it um that's amazing i love that amazing part love it very girl power um and it was it was exciting to to see you know like in the theaters Mm -hmm. she's posing as a man this entire time with this army just her and a hobbit (laughs) and they both slay this this person who is apparently unkillable yeah Right. Um and you know she does it and and she yeah. looks great doing it. Yes, I was going to bring it up if you didn't if you hadn't just brought That's it up like right now. That's like my favorite part I think yeah. of the movie. I, yeah, like we she start just screaming takes every off time the helmet. She does it, yeah. I, I am no man. Fantastic. I yeah, that's a great moment. Um let me see. I'm trying to think if there's I do like moments. her dynamic with Theoden right after that where she's like I'm going to mm. save you and He's like, my body is broken and they have they have to say goodbye. And it's like very, you know, saying goodbye to a father figure. Right. You know, it's is a sovereign tough. as well, especially like you just tried to protect them just now. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's he yeah. just gave a giant speech and was like touching spears with all of the warriors and stuff before they went into battle in front of Minas Tirith. And it's like now he's you got to say goodbye. Yes, exactly. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a very good movie. Yeah. And what uh, I like is that Peter Jackson did give the females like a chance in these mm. movies because they really don't have that much of a chance in the books mm. to shine in such a way. Yeah, that's a good thing. I, I think, think he beefed up what, good... what needed to be beefed up for them. Yeah, because not every, not everyone would be so willing to like make changes. Especially to something that so many people it's like revered. Yeah, it's revered by so many people. So willing to be able to make changes to reflect how we've come along in society and everything, I think is very important. Which I think that might lead us right into uh, Rings of Power. Yeah. Because uh, the Rings of Power is coming up, brand new show, a very diverse cast. Mm-hmm. Something that you cannot say about uh, the Lord of the Rings movies because uh, the Lord of the Rings movies are quite quite pale. Uh, So so that's one thing that I think I think it's a very good thing but it's come with it. There were trolls talking about oh any number of things that like made them sound racist because evidently middle earth can't have black dwarves can't have hispanic elves can't have like any other color besides white and that's not the case like there's nothing in the books that said otherwise you know what i'm saying right and it's also not real yes (laughs) thank you fantasy like Like when people like people have been talking, I haven't watched the show, but people are like talking about House of the Dragon or whatever. And they're saying like somebody wanted to marry a 12 year old and they're like, well, they're reflecting the times. The The times times of what? (laughs) (laughs) It's a fake ass world. So you're reflecting what what times? What are you? Same thing here. It's like we got to reflect. I guess they're I guess they mean like the the inspiration because they're talking about like medieval or I mean, you know, middle ages and i guess the t- the historical yes, but again let, it's let us fake be accurate it's... with my fictional story yeah, and make yeah, yeah. sure that the things that are fictional i can make up <laughs> but oh a black king but we have to stay no, true to no like way. this yeah <laughs> no way <laughs> so dumb <sighs> okay okay yeah. no but i understand um 
Not that I understand. I just mean to say people are doing that for Rings of Power already. Already. And the yeah. show hasn't even come out. Yeah, it, it's a it's a bit annoying. Yeah. But I will say there is concern from some fans about the story itself because uh, I believe you have it in the notes. And it's that Amazon was unable to secure the film rights to the uh how do the you pronounce it? There we go. The Silmarillion. Do you know yes. the importance of that? Maybe maybe you could shed some light on it more well, than I can. So Tolkien has ancillary books that he published or were published posthumously by his estate. Mm-hmm. The Silmarillion, The Unfinished Tales, like a, a couple other things. And they didn't get the rights to the Silmarillion. Silmarillion, if you've read it, it reads more like a textbook. Okay of what happened prior to the events of the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings. And they didn't get the rights to it. So people are like kind of confused about where they're getting the content for this. But what's nice is that they got the rights to the appendices in Lord of the Rings. The appendices have a ton of notes about the history of Middle Earth and have like a shortened history, abridged history of the events of the Silmarillion. So they can touch on it. Mm-hmm. But they cannot use like direct lifts from the Silmarillion. But what's nice is that they're kind of like going to hit the highlights of what people know if they if they even know it, and they're going to fill in the blanks. So people that have characters that have one line in you know the appendices or whatever are going to have a fleshed out character, are going to have like an entire arc, have going to have their day in the show. So that's kind of nice. I feel. I'm. I'm excited because for that. it's a blank slate essentially. Yes. And I I I really want to see how they flesh out some of these characters because most of the characters we are not going to know. Right. Only Except, a couple of characters that we've seen before. One is Galadriel, another is Elrond. Those are like two main players that kind of appear consistently in the trailers for Rings of Power. Right. But again, this is a thousand years or more before the events of Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. So it's during the second age, not the third age. If that means anything, like in the lore of the of Right, the Tolkien. second age of man. Right. So not. it's going to be during the height of everything. Because what I, from what I understand and from following like really great Lord of the Rings creators on TikTok is that the second age is when things were on top, mm-hmm. you know golden age gilded age whatever you want to call it Got of it. man and elves so mm. things that are ruins in the third age and in lord of the rings there's tons of ruins a lot of you know statues and things that have fallen into disrepair things that they have a history like Weathertop and places that they go to that no longer serve any purpose but it has right. a history of its own it's going to be brand new it's going to be at the peak of its existence in the show because we're in a whole new era it's a prequel (laughs) right it's a prequel but it's set so far ahead Mm -hmm. of time yeah that we can kind of develop a new um sense of the of the show it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be reliant on no i don't think that you will necessarily even have had to have watched lord of the rings or read the books to watch the show that's what I was thinking. I, I, I have a feeling that that's the case. You don't have mm-hmm. to have re- watched the movie or anything to to really get a sense of what's going on here. Um, something I am excited for is that one of our own people, uh, Puerto Rican, <laughs> is going to yeah. be in the show. Ismael Cruz Cordova. He is playing Arendir, who is an elf. Mm-hmm. So just excited for him to get his time in this in the spotlight yeah so (laughs) that is just a random tangent for me so anytime one of our people gets a shot um, i'm there for it anything else you're looking forward to on the show it looks like we'll be getting two episodes and they're going to release release it a day early september 1st uh so Mm -hmm. people can use this long weekend labor day weekend to to get into the show eight uh, episodes total yes for um, it and they've already greenlit a season two 
I think their contract is for five seasons, but yeah. right now they've only greenlit a season <laughs> a two. That is a lot. Well, um, I think the reason okay. why was because they they outbid Netflix for yes. it. And so, the, okay, there's a commitment for that. Yeah, there is. Because they paid, what was it, $250 million for the rights? For the rights. Not even Which for is the show, just, not just even, the rights. Nobody's been cast. Nothing's been written. Just the rights to make it. <laughs> now you're allowed to make now it. Now <laughs> you're allowed to make it after forking over $250 million. And so I think there's a high expectations for it. But I think they're gambling on like people actually wanting to watch it. More subscribers for Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. And just good word of mouth. I think that what Stranger Things did for Netflix, what Game of Thrones did for HBO, like they're hoping that this will be the same thing for Amazon. Exactly. And if I'm not mistaken, if I read like over the course of those eight episodes, they spent. Am I right in saying one billion dollars? I want to say it's a billion dollars as well. The budget is astronomical. It feels like I'm making that up, but no, I'm not making it up because, yeah, so, okay, so I'm reading now. The budget was expected to be in the range of 100 to $150 million per season, but it's actually going to exceed $1 billion. Oh, my God. For just the one season? For the one season. Or let me, let me, let me get, like, real sourcing okay here we go so amazon has spent a reported 465 million dollars on the first season of the rings of power alone which would make it the most expensive television show ever produced wow lovely so just on eight episodes 465 million and then you throw in the 250 million that they spent just to get the rights on it Almost $750 million, hmm. close uh, over $700 million just to, on September 1st, we're going to get the first two episodes. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't have um, specific, I think, expectations for this mm-hmm. show because I kind of try to stay away from trailers in general. And really the only reason I watch the trailer, I think, is because Just made me watch it when it came out um, for Rings of Power, which of course got me super excited. And I'm like, yeah, this looks It looks awesome. right. It looks right. Um, so yeah, I don't really have any sort of like, oh, I know it's going to have it. Really all I expect is some, like a ton of badassery from Galadriel <laughs> because right. she looks amazing. And I don't know who's playing her right now. I heard, I don't know her name. Her name um, is... But she looks beautiful, and she looks like she's going to do an amazing job, whatever Mor- she's doing. Morphid Clark. Yeah. So I'm excited to see whatever she's going to do. And I think maybe I'm just excited for her right now because, again, she is, like, the only character that I know. A legacy character that we know. Um, from the original series. But I'm just excited to see what she's going to do. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, well, there's also Be- Elrond as well. Yeah. Well, I think because Galadriel in the movies, besides her little, uh, what would you call that, episode? She in, does have an episode. She has a little bit of an episode when Frodo offers her the ring. Besides that episode, she's always very, like, demure and quiet yeah. and elegant. elegant. And you're like, oh, my God. Like, you know, she's supposed to be the most beautiful thing in the world. But... She doesn't, like, speak above a whisper. Um, so I'm excited to see what she does in some armor and as a younger elf and see what she does. That's going to be a lot of fun. What I... her story is. And so we're going to cover the first two episodes here on the podcast on this feed that you're listening to right now. And then the rest of the show will be covered on our Patreon. So yeah. that's another reason to join the Patreon is because we'll be touching on the show. Absolutely. Will you be on the Patreon, Bex? I make no promises. Oh, okay. <laughs> no promises. We'll see if we can lure her in for an episode or two. Uh, so I think pretty much think that is it. our thoughts. Yeah, yeah. On just what we like about Lord of the Rings in general. I think it was a good 
way to revisit the trilogy. It was a lot of fun to go back, remember stuff that I had forgotten because it's been mm-hmm. so long since I'd watched it, um, and really gaining even more of an appreciation how good the movies are and getting us hyped for, you know, The Rings of Power. I think yeah. that The Rings of Power, I think it's going to be a good show. I think Me too. I think, I think a lot be. of people are like kind of like trying to trash on it early on, trying to keep their expectations low. I'm I think cautiously it's be excited. Good. My but... expectations are very high if you're spending 750 million yeah. dollars on one season of the show, it better be amazing. I I can't be argue that. the best that. thing I've ever seen. Oof, that's a lot game of pressure. I want like a Game of Thrones who kind of reaction. Before like season seven. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, it's one of the reasons why I haven't even started House of the Dragon. It's just like I've, I, I was burnt uh, from like the last two today. seasons that I'm just yeah. like, eh. mm. I don't know. There's a lot of incest happening right now. Yeah, it's I don't just... know about that. <laughs> I don't know if I want to get back into that. Yeah, it's tough. It is tough. So anyway, yes. So uh, thank you for listening to this episode. You can always check out our episodes on your favorite podcast app. Look for Always the Critic Podcast. If you're on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, give us a five star review. Those go a long way for us. If you're on social media and want to chat us up, if you love Lord of the Rings, if you're ready for the Rings of Power, let us know. And you can find us at Always Critic Pod. That's on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. All four of them. Give us a shout out there. Follow us there. And then finally, you can, if you really want to help us out, support us on Patreon. What's the website that they can support us on, Jessica? Patreon.com slash AlwaysCriticPod. That is correct. <laughs> you can follow us there for as little as $2 a month. $2 a month and you get so much free content. Well, not so, free, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so Extra much content. content. <laughs> exactly. We're going to be talking Rings of Power over there. We're going to be talking about She-Hulk. Yeah. I'm going to give my thoughts on The Bear, finally, because I've started watching it. And <laughs> it's actually pretty good. So I'm going to give my thoughts and on And all the Daybox well. stuff that I do. <laughs> exactly. More Daybox stuff from Jess. Uh, just random thoughts on movies and shows from me. So be over there. Help us out. Support us. With that said, Rebecca, thank you so much for coming on to the show. We really appreciate you coming thank on. Thank you. Thank you, Becky. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and with that said, that has been our show. I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this has been the Always the Critic podcast. Always the Critic podcast.